0: Thank you for joining us on Inside EMS, now the always entertaining Chris Zabalero and the Ted Nugent of EMS, Kelly Grayson. I gotta tell you, it's fall, it's the political season, we had debates this week, and it's another episode of Inside EMS. I'm your host, Chris Zabalero. I gotta tell you, there's a lot to talk about, and we're really excited about this show, but to even make it more exciting, here he is. The Ted Nugent of EMS, Kelly Grayson. Kelly, how are you?
1: I'm good, man. It's it, you know, like you said, it's fall. There, there's that nip in the air. I mean, the temperature dropped all the way to 88 degrees today. It's whoop! Oh my goodness, how the It's you live, like how can you live like that? I just want to put on my yoga pants and get a pumpkin spice latte and put on my Uggs and just nestle down in front of the fire. I hear you, man. You're a man's man, and that's
0: for sure, boy. <laughs> that's it. So it's, we're we're doing it, Kelly. I mean, we're talking about, it. we're in Oklahoma, and uh, yeah. we're going to be next to each other here pretty soon. We're going to record a show from the uh, Oklahoma Pediatric Conference uh, this yeah. weekend, and uh, you know, I'm doing the keynote tomorrow. You got a couple of them yourself, and uh, you know, it's kind of good to be on the EMS World Tour with you.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's nice, man. It's like I'm I'm living Karen Carpenter's dream.
0: How? What is that dream?
1: Just like me, they long to be close to you.
0: Very good. I like that. I like that. Now, what we need is just somebody who's able to do sign language for the people who aren't listening. So, <laughs> with that said, Kelly, I, I think we got a really great show. You know, one of the things that I think that uh, you and I talk about is, and I think we've had this show a couple times in our in our relationship here, where we said is is EMS a career field or is EMS a stepping stone? And you know, I, I think in my career, we've seen that. You know, EMS is a stepping stone, and people are always mm-hmm. looking to, you know, not make EMS a career and move on to, you know, the fire departments or whatever that is. But for the the few of us that stay in, you know, me at 30 years, you at 25 years, and you know, we think about the percentage of individuals that have made EMS careers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, out of their experience. Some of us have really taken big leaps, and today yeah. we, we got a really great guest that I think sets the bar for all EMS providers, and I'm going to let you introduce them and bring them in here.
1: Oh yeah, we are, we are thrilled to have uh, the pride of Teaneck, New Jersey, uh, Teaneck's native son, uh, paramedic, and the current Deputy Secretary of Health Assessment and Planning uh, for the Pennsylvania Department of Health, Ray Barashansky. Well, Ray, welcome to the show, brother.
2: Thanks for having me, Kelly, and thank you for having me, Chris. Appreciate you. No, I got to
0: say, Ray. You know, one of the things I think before we get started is, you know, the Deputy Secretary of Health. You know, in, in that arena, and you know the specifics of what you're doing. When we think about where EMS uh, can take you, I don't know that Deputy Secretary of anything in health was even in the cards, and you have now busted the glass ceiling. Of what EMS providers can be, and I got to tell you, man, you really set the standards for others to follow, brother. And I got to say, congratulations on that.
2: Thanks, I appreciate that, Chris. I got to be honest with you. I think that there are a lot of people out there who've really done some exceptional things in EMS, um, and they've really they they've also set the bar. And you know, I talk about guys like Greg Margolis, and I look at Ed Gabriel, and I I've even I look at Skip Kirkwood, and a lot of others. And I think that they've all done. Exceptional things, and they've taken their experiences and education and all of the other things as well, and they've really parlayed it. They've really wrapped it up into a really solid career.
0: Yeah, I think that that one of the things that's really important here is the term uh, a solid career, because when you set your mind to giving EMS the (laughs) the respect and the dedication and the commitment to years of uh, service. There really is now no bounds to what we can do, and again, you're setting that standard. But Ray, I think my first question for you is going to be, you know, tell us a little bit about your roots and and how you started your career. Because I would really like to be able to get to the end of saying, what do we have to do to achieve what you've now achieved? So, oh, you,
1: I, I can answer that. Oh, for you. stop I'll it, Kelly. Because let me tell you something. Ray has the best roots. Of any paramedic I've ever met, they're thick, they're lustrous. Oh my goodness! The man has yeah. the best hair of any paramedic you'll ever meet. But he's, anyway, he, he's
2: just you know, sartorial Kevin, splendor. Kelly, please, please don't forget the socks.
1: I, don't I, I, and, the, and the socks as well. You are you are a shining example of of uh, EMS sartorial splendor. Yes, you are,
0: well, uh, Deputy Secretary. I'd like to apologize for my partner, <laughs> sir, and. Uh, but not, yeah, need, not needed. Yeah. Chris,
2: actually, my specific EMS journey didn't start that differently from many others. I started off as a volunteer in Teaneck, New Jersey in 1990. And I have to tell you that, um, like a lot of our folks, I, I started as a volunteer and I picked up a paid position in Newark, New Jersey uh, about three years later. And I have to tell you that that was probably one of the things that really kind of put me on my path. Um, most people don't know this, but I had dropped out of college at that point and working in Newark and then, uh, you know, about a year, a year and a half, actually, no, a couple of years later, I picked up a job in Irvington as a supervisor. Irvington's right next to Newark. And it's those things that kind of made me get back into college, um, understand that education is important. And, uh, you know, so I, I went back to college. I finished up my degree while working in Newark and working in Irvington. And soon after I got my master's, um, soon after I got my bachelor's, excuse me, I saw a, uh, an advertisement in the back of the EMS magazine for New York Medical College, which was uh, right across the Tappan Zee Bridge. And uh, they had a master's in public health that specialized in EMS. And I thought to myself, awesome. you know, that, right, exactly. It's just a, it was just a great fit. You know, that master's degree, the, those educational attainments, Clearly, those are some of the things that have made a difference in me achieving what I've achieved.
1: Well, you know, you mentioned the the uh, Master in Public Health. Uh- and and similar degrees. This is something I wrote about in, in 2010 uh, in a column called the logistics of change and it's you know it's becoming increasingly common that we see bachelor's uh, or at least associates and, and quite a few bachelor's degree paramedic programs out there now and, and we try to sell the the value of increased education and degree programs and I, and I think they do have a lot of value but what we fail to recognize in my opinion is that those EMS specific degrees only really have value to people within our profession and policymakers really don't look for that sort of thing. They want to hear someone with MBA or MPH or, or something like that after their name or someone with a PhD in economics who still understands what it's like to be puked
2: on, you know, know, know. um, it's kind of funny that you said that because yep. I remember reading your article, and if I'm correct, I think one of your lines was about reinventing EMS and influencing policymakers. If, if I'm exactly. mistaken.
1: Yeah, um, that's, that's exactly it.
2: But you're you're 100% correct. I think that when you get to or to, in order to get to a certain level – you actually have to be able to speak multiple languages. You have to be able, and I've said this before, you have to be able to speak public health, you have to be able to speak public policy, you have to be able to speak other languages as well, and we can't just speak EMS. Even if we know EMS, and to paraphrase you, we know what it's like to get puked on, I believe was what mm-hmm. you said. Um, yeah. We can know those things, but we have to be able to speak multiple languages. Mm-hmm. And I gotta tell you, it's, you are 100% correct. The, I've often told people that it doesn't really matter what you get your bachelors in, but go get it. Yeah. And, and I say the same thing about graduate degrees. I think an MBA is an exceptional degree. An MPH is a solid degree. I think these are the things that you have to educate yourself and you have to be able to, education is a difficult process. Mm-hmm. And when you get educated, whether it's at the baccalaureate level or the master's level, you're demonstrating to employers that you have the tenacity
1: exactly. to stick with it. Exactly. You're demonstrating. It's so many people say that uh, you know they're the naysayers say the well you know how's a bachelor's degree or an associate degree going to help me take care of your patients, and you know making the case for that uh, is difficult. How we, we really don't know that it'll help you take care of your patients. What it will help you do is take a seat as a grown up at the healthcare table uh, and show that, that we in EMS have the same commitment to education and to bettering ourselves and furthering our knowledge base uh, than uh, as every other healthcare field.
0: And I could further add that, you know, how does it help you take care of your patients? Well, now Ray Barashansky is able to uh, make policy for the whole EMS career field in the state of Pennsylvania. So Ray, I think one of the things that, you know, we didn't touch on is, you know, you gave us kind of a skirting of your experience, but you took that experience and you took that education and uh, people may not know, but you were the state EMS director as well for the state of Connecticut.
2: Right. Prior to this position, I did spend three years um, as the state EMS director for the state of Connecticut. Before that, I was actually involved in public health preparedness in Prince George's County, Maryland. And speaking to both of those positions, as well as other positions I've held, you got to learn from every position you hold, Chris. And it's not only about the positions you hold, but it's really about what you do with them or what you try to do with them. And sometimes your hands are tied. By bureaucracy, and sometimes you have to keep trying and trying, and you're going to get things done. Um, I would say that a lot of my advancement was also due to um, being published in EMS Magazine and other publications, mm-hmm. and having the opportunity to speak at various conferences. I know you're both familiar with that. I know you both have spoken mm-hmm. at conferences, but those various experiences, speaking, writing, etc and trying to move the profession forward.
0: Yeah, that's a good way mm-hmm. to put it. So, so De- De- Deputy Secretary, let me go ahead and ask you this. You know, I think you bring up a really great point where you talk about being able to speak. Now, I think you've heard one of my lectures. I think you've heard Kelly's lecture. Who is the better of us as far as well, – let's not ask that question. Let's go ahead and move on. To, Kelly, I'm going to go ahead and eat the floor. Yeah, don't, ask, don't, ask don't ask put your the approach. man
1: on the spot by having
2: to break your heart. I
1: mean, <sighs> I we, all, actually, we all
2: know. Can I, can I jump in for a moment? Yeah, go ahead. I will say this, um, Chris, a number of years ago, I was at, a com- at um, EMS Expo, and I was listening to a presenter, and I decided to leave that presentation, and I went to one of your presentations, and this is not, I'm not joking, um, I believe it was the top ten mistakes that managers make, and when I walked into your presentation, I thought to myself, what could I possibly learn from this? I deliver presentations like this on a regular basis. And boy, was I mistaken, because within about 10 minutes, you had identified something that I did on a regular basis that disenfranchised my own employees. And I have to tell you, I'm not kidding with you. I learned a lot from you that day. And at the time, I was a pretty experienced EMS manager, and you taught me a couple of things that day. So all joking aside, thank you.
0: Well, thank you very
1: much. And what then, he doesn't say is the boring lecture he walked out of was mine. That's right.
2: I was trying to be delicate.
0: And Ray, I got to <laughs> tell you, man, you you read it just like I wrote it, so I appreciate that. Following the script. So, all right, Kelly, yep. go ahead. You got a question for Ray? Well,
1: now we're just you know while we're in the middle of the of the hug fest and everything, I'll I'll say you know Chris, first time I met you was was many years ago at EMS Expo in Vegas, uh, and you were part of the faculty for an AMLS class and uh you uh you you were uh, you struck me as a as a pretty dynamic speaker and and uh i'm i'm a unrepentant plagiarist man if somebody's got a good stick i'll copy it uh, and you're one of the people I copied. So there Thank you go. You. That's Thank the you. one time. Thank
0: you very much. I will, so I appreciate I will give you props. props. Well, I'm going to put that on a continual loop. So you know, one of the That's things right. that I think you know, when, you know, we we all we all know each other. And we all you know hang out with each other, and and I think it's great that you know we've been acquaintances and friends for a lot of years, mm-hmm. and we've watched each other grow, and we've watched each other develop within the career field. So Ray, I think I, I want to ask you this question because you mentioned the the writing and the speech and the um, you know and the things that you've done to to build your reputation I mean how important is that to wind up getting a you know a deputy secretary job
2: I mean, that's a tough one actually Chris because I have to tell you that there's some sort of equation there's some sort of amalgam that must go into this and I wish I had a better answer for the recipe on how to move it forward you know are there educational attainments that I managed to get? Yes. Are there certifications? I've also picked up. Clearly, we know the answer is Yes. Have I had the opportunity to speak at state and national conferences? Again, yes. And I've, and I've been published. And I've also worked with working groups and things like that and task forces that have tried to assist EMS moving forward. Um, I think all of these things are important. I think you need to get yourself to a point where you, when you put a resume in for a position, you actually get a, the attention, that resume gets the attention that it, that it should. <laughs> And that could be because of, you know, educational attainments, experience, other opportunities such as speaking and writing. It's a difficult thing to try to um, quantify, but I will tell you that that's what you need to do. You need to get yourself out there and you have to have that flexibility. I once was asked about what I thought my education brought to you know me, like what the master's degrees brought to me, and I. The first thing I thought of at the time was flexibility. It gives me a lot of flexibility mm. in regard to positions I apply for, um, responsive overall responsibilities, even potentially the geography of where I would want to work or move to. Um, I knew that I know that certain positions are looking for. I believe Kelly, you mentioned it before. They're looking for a bachelor's, but they prefer to see you with graduate level education. And uh-huh. so when you have these things, suddenly other doors open and you can move to not not literally, but figuratively move to other things. And it really goes a long way, like I said, to have those attainments, to have those educational degrees, but also to be able to speak uh-huh. that language, for lack of a better term. And Definitely. so if I could give some people, you know, an equation, I don't know if there's some recipe you know, a a pinch of this and a a dab of that. But I will tell you that all of those things are important, but it's also really important for you to have a mentor or mentors. Um, Sometimes I joke and I call it a personal board of directors and people think that that's funny, but I'm not kidding. Um, Kelly, Kelly, you could tell the audience I've called on you and you and I have spoken about professional things. And there are people who are listening to this right now who I've called on as friends And said, Have you experienced this particular thing before? And what have you done? You know, I consider my brother part of my personal board of directors. So, you know, there's a lot that goes on at the same time. And a lot of you have to make a lot of the right moves. But that doesn't mean that I'm unique. It means that there are other people out there who could also make those moves and have a journey similar to mine or even better.
1: Yeah. You know, and you touched on two things. That one being the, the the mentors, and and as you call it, your board of directors. I call it the brain trust.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and I think all of us who are somewhat successful in this career field, um, uh, at least publicly outside our own agencies, uh, have yeah. learned to cultivate that sort of brain trust. You know, I, I can I can hit up Chris or you or or any one of a number of people. Dan, you know, Dan Limmer, John Politis, or, exactly. or anyone. People for proven, you know, people with proven track records in 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 leadership and clinical skills and education and management, uh, and and the things I learned from those people make me look good, <laughs> you know. And the better I look, the the you know the the more attractive I am to a prospective employer. So I mean, it's, I I didn't you know become successful in a vacuum. It was because of of counsel I sought from uh, from the people I chose to surround myself with. Um, the other thing I was uh, that struck me about uh, your career path is, is that most people look at education, you know, uh, baccalaureate and and, and uh, uh, master's degree education as your path up and out of EMS, but you didn't really take that path. You used it. You're you're still an EMT at heart uh yet you're a public policy maker and that's that's the the kind of career path I would encourage other EMTs to follow don't look at your degree and your additional education as your stepping stone out of the EMS pool uh look at it look at it as you know you're for want of a better word you're you're our uh, our mole in the enemy camp <laughs> you know you're uh you're um a way to uh to elevate EMS uh, up to those upper echelons as well. And, and that's what I think people need to to kind of emulate your career uh, in that regard. Is don't, don't look at it as your, as your master's in public health and your master's in business administration as your way out of EMS. Uh, look at it as your avenue to uh, make EMS what you think it ought to be.
2: It's kind of interesting you just said that because for a while I stepped out of true EMS into public health preparedness. Uh-huh. Um, for a number of years, I was in charge of public health preparedness for a county that borders D.C. And I got to tell you, I never forgot my EMS roots. I still, um, you know, wrote for various EMS publications. I went to EMS conferences mm-hmm. and I love EMS. Always have and always will. And I think people who make those definitive statements like I'm, I'm out of EMS. No, you're not. You'll always yeah. have a foot yeah. in it, a toe in it, a finger yeah. in it. And it's important to remember where you came from, and that's why. Although you jokingly said it at the beginning of the podcast, you said the pride and joy of Teaneck, New Jersey. Um, I don't forget where I came from. I started right. off as a volunteer in Teaneck, New Jersey, and I loved it.
1: Yeah, you never you never used to be an EMT. You're always an EMT. Your card might expire, <laughs> but if you truly loved it, you're always an EMT.
0: Yeah. So, Ray, let me ask you, I mean, there's just so many questions that I think that we can talk about um, and, and, you know, and ask you. I mean, you know, one of the questions I'm thinking of is, you know, how how important is it to be well-rounded as a a paramedic, as an EMS professional and, you know, learning the clinical and learning the operations. But, you know, I think the question I think that I want to really get from you now is in the position that you're in, one of your responsibilities is EMS uh, for the state of Pennsylvania. How do you now use your experiences of all the years uh, that uh, you've gained and to help the state and to move it forward and to bring Pennsylvania to being one of the best uh, you know, EMS systems in the United States?
2: Well, let me be clear. Um, we have an amazing bureau of EMS. And one of my responsibilities is just making sure that that bureau has everything that they need in order to move forward. And sometimes it's that new set of eyes, for lack of a better term, on existing issues that can be of assistance. So in my position, I'm potentially that new set of eyes with a different background. I'm a new set of eyes who's not from the Commonwealth. I'm a new set of eyes that was a regional EMS Council director in New York State and, and then, then was, was the state, state EMS director after that in Connecticut and saw some of the same issues but some different issues. And I've gotten to you know deal with um, entities like NISEMSO, the National Association of State EMS Officials, which is an exceptional group of people who've seen a lot of these statewide EMS systems before and you realize – There's nothing new, but there is something new in the way we we handle these issues. And that's really one of the ways I'm looking at my position in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania.
0: But one of the things that I want to gloss over is that, you know, it's great that we have professionals like, you know, you've got a state EMS director and you've got the office of EMS. But one of the challenges with those positions, and and you probably know this from your experience in the state of Connecticut, is you've still got to you've still got to uh, influence the policymakers of what mm-hmm. those right decisions are. But now, when the, the state EMS director you know, calls upon you to say, I think this is the direction we need to go, you get it. And I think yeah. that's what's different.
2: No, and uh, that's a good point. And I think that you don't find a lot of people who really came up from the street, for lack of a better term, or as Kelly put it so eloquently, um, getting puked on. Was that it, Kelly? Yeah, that's it. Okay, Um, you know who came up from the street, and it's been a long journey. And I try not to forget any of the steps of that journey.
0: Kelly's all street, man. He's straight out of Pitkin. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's, it. Straight out of Pitkin. That that album's coming out soon, man. Wait to hear it. I'm gonna give give me
1: your t-shirt sizes. I'll get you uh, get y'all a a, a, a Medic Solutions World Tour shirt. Straight out of Pitkin. But Ray, I've got, I've got one question for you b- before we wrap it up. And, and this is the one that's been on my mind, uh, for years now. What product should I use? I mean, to be like Ray, to, to, to be the guy where, where women want to be with him, men want to be like him. What <laughs> product should I use on my dry damaged roots? Um, because I want to have as thick and lustrous a hair as you do, uh, look so splendiferous at every conference you're at, man. I I, I don't know. I'm at a loss. Uh,
0: Deputy Secretary, I'd like to apologize for my <laughs> partner Kelly Grayson. Uh, please forgive him for his. Uh...
1: Oh sure, he's a he's a big muckety muck in Pennsylvania now, but he doesn't use hair product. Oh come on now.
2: Um, all can decide.
1: You can me later, so you don't have to. So you can't be accused of uh, endorsing a particular product
2: to kelly's exact point chris and i think that this is an interesting point a lot of people do look at the way you present yourself mm-hmm. and i wouldn't say it's the most important thing in regard to being seen in a professional light but i would say it goes a long way and um, Kelly and i often do joke about hair and socks and mm-hmm. suits and things just like that however kind of going back to what we said before you know when you speak a different language there's a lot to be said about mm-hmm. stepping into an office or offices and being taken seriously by the way you look. And so yeah. to Kelly's point, um, yeah, I do, I do try to take that, that stuff seriously as an overall element of the way I present myself yeah. and the way I like to be seen.
1: Well, you'll, you'll be proud to know that as, as soon as we sign off this podcast, I will be going shopping for – that. that's that's on the plan. I'll be going shopping for awesome socks and a suit, no more polo and tactical EMS pants uh, when I'm lecturing for well, the rest of the going year. To,
0: I'm going to be checking that out, Kevin, yeah. this weekend, so and make sure that you're – and Chris just
1: Chris just uh, doesn't like that question because Chris doesn't have hair Let's okay say,
0: yeah whatever. so that's right. sour grapes. So one last question for me Ray before we get going before we kick it to Kelly for the close please the people that are out there and the people who are listening and the people who are wondering if EMS was the right choice for them or what can they get out of it leave them with a piece of advice that motivates them and inspires them to say the sky's the limit.
2: You don't have to focus on Mount Everest what you have to focus on is the next step or steps. Try to plan it out. Plan out what you think the next logical step is, but remember that even as much as you plan, there are gonna be things that you don't expect. If you had said to me 20, 25 years ago uh, that this position would open or that position would open or you would get educated in this regard or in another regard, I probably would have looked at you like you had two heads. But yet here we are, 26 years after I started my EMS career, and I'm the Deputy Secretary of Health. So have a plan, but don't get locked into it. Also, educate yourself. Remember that everybody out there expects you to be educated and intelligent in regard to your career path. And like I said before, this is really important. Find yourself a mentor or mentors, because these are going to be the people who've been there, done that and the people who potentially could answer the questions that could make a difference for you in the long run.
1: Well, and there you have it. Valuable career advice from a career EMT who has is, who is, uh, elevated his career far beyond uh, that of uh, most of us uh, into the public policy realm. Um, Ray, thanks for thanks again for, for coming on the show and for myself and co-host Chris Ceballero and our special guest, Raphael M. Barashansky, Deputy Secretary of Public Health and Planning for the Pennsylvania Department of Health. Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week.